1: Hey, everybody. Tonight, we're debating Me Too on trial, and we are starting right now with Kay's opening statement defending Me Too. Thanks for being with us, Kay. The floor is all yours.
2: Thanks, James. Again, thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm not going to take up too much time in my opening statement. I never do. Um, I am a huge supporter of the Me Too movement. I think that even though um, all political and social movements, they do have their issues, they they do attract bad faith characters that misuse the the platform and the messes that we're trying to get out with um, a specific movement. Uh, but I don't think that we should instantly trash the entire Me Too movement. I think that a lot of great things have happened with the Me Too movement. And overall, I think I'm a big su- I'm a big supporter of it. I think that there's a lot of things that we can do to kind of push out the bad faith actors to kind of um, remove the, the negative things that have come out of Me Too um, and to make this into the movement that it was originally meant to be.
1: You got it, we will kick it over to <clears throat> Stephen.
3: Yeah, um, so, yeah, I obviously 100% agree with everything that Kay had said. Um. Like, it's very easy to not sexually assault someone. Just watch. Nailed it. Um. Like, th- like the point that all of us should have arrived at by now is that this shit is just horrifically common and that's just there uh, in the stats one in 10 men will commit a sexual offence in their lives, and that is just abhorrent. Somehow not everyone agrees with this sentiment. I genuinely don't understand why. There were 80 women came forward about Harvey Weinstein, 60 women came forward about Bill Cosby, and still to this day, people will look at that and say, well... I guess we'll never know what happens. And it's just like, well, fucking hell, I bet you were shy of Cluedo. Um, I mean, like, if 60 women accused me of sexual assault, I think I'd done it. Uh, it it's, I, I mean, and th- there was this other thing of, like, some men felt attacked by the Me Too movement, which is an incredibly interesting stance to take. Uh, like, if we imagine that this wasn't a rule, and uh, tomorrow the president of every country came out and said, right, from now on, there's no more pig fucking. Okay. Can't fuck pigs anymore. Can't do it. Right. It's just not allowed. And 98% of the world was like, well, yeah, okay. Obviously and just went on with their day. But those other small, you know, very small group of people were like, well, hang on here. Now I feel attacked by this. My question to both of those groups is the exact same, which is what have you done? Um, like there's 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 no shame in double checking your uh, past sexual history. It's the first thing that I did, and then when I you know discovered that I was all in the clear, I decided to assist the uh, movement. However, some men, not all, have decided to change the narrative around the Me Too movement. They're doing this in a very effective way. It's via deflection. They're bringing up things that, while relevant, are not necessary to the conversation as uh, like as a uh, whole. They will say things like. Oh, yes. Well, what about men who get raped? Yes, they do. By men. 84% of male sexual assault survivors were sexually assaulted by men. Or things like, oh, well, what about the false allegations? Well, less than 1% of rape allegations are ever false. Or things like, you know, well, it's a witch hunt. Well, it's not. Mainly because witches didn't exist. Uh, it's not like in 50 years time we're going to find out that rapists were also mythical creatures uh you know we won't decide to glorify them in the same way that we have glorified like zombies or or like ghosts or ghouls or any of these things 50 years from now you're not going to find little kids dressed up on halloween as r Kelly um as i mentioned in the last debate you know i'm massively in favor of expanding and have sex ed much more uh compulsory and to be like a broader amount of details given to that. So just for example, the the sex ed that you're given is, you know, the least amount possible information. And, you know, it's just kind of told just barely enough when it's just not, you know, they don't teach you about correct use of condoms. Just for example, Uh, if I had just one personal gripe that I would love to give about the, you know, sex ed like that we're given, just tell me where the fucking clit is. I'm going to Google it anyway. Or, or if if they do mention this, ironically, they brush over it. Um, like, this is not an attack on men. It's not even pandering to women. I take this, this position because, uh, to cut a very, very, very long and painful st- short, uh, story very short, my friend was raped by an ex-friend of mine from two different friend groups, so you don't really get to tell me that this shit doesn't affect me because it fucking does. Uh, we can all do better, we can all be better. It sounds difficult, I know, but I know that we can do it because I know how I failed at it. Because looking back on, you know, his behavior, on his attitudes, on his problematic attitudes and behaviors towards women, did I, you know, Looking back on that, did I recognize that behavior and just didn't do anything about it? The answer is yes. And then he raped my friend and I will have to live with that for the rest of my life. It can be done. And whilst not perfect, although I challenge you to come up with any organization that is perfect, I think the Me Too movement is a massive step in the right direction. That's the end of my time.
1: Thank you very much, Stephen. And I want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. And with that, we will kick it over to Kendon and Arena. Thanks for being with us. They are, you could say, the opposing team. Kendon, the floor is all yours.
4: Okay. Um, thank you very much for having me, James. And uh, welcome to everyone who's watching this. Uh, yes, I am Kendon Farr. I am TikTok famous, which is what, Stuart, Stephen? The worst kind of famous. Thank you, Stephen. Love you. Right, Okay. So, yes, um, we're technically the opposing team, although I think we ought to establish what we are opposing and what we're not opposing. Um, So we're not debating whether sexual assault is a thing. We're not whether it's an epidemic. We're not debating uh, whether it should be punished. We're not debating whether, you know, People are lying. Victims are lying, or not. Uh, or we're not even going to suggest that there are no legal failings in the system. Um, as someone who has been sexually assaulted three times by men, twice by women, uh, and has been physically abused, I feel some kind of involvement in this movement. However, I think that unlike uh, Kay and Stephen. We must debate two points, uh, the efficacy of the movement and its ulterior motives, which is a bit of a suspicious. Uh, it sounds a bit conspiratorial, but bear with me. Um, so the Me Too movement was obviously born in the wake of, well, first of all, the election of Donald Trump in 2016, where he had made comments about groping women by the groin more colourful language than that um also the uh, stories about harvey weinstein a notorious sexual predator a sexual psychopath if we're being honest here in the hollywood system uh it opened a conversation and it stimulated um, a constructive cultural response so in the beginning it sounded good it was a good idea forward. however um i believe that it's been the hashtag movement has been co-opted coordinated or even corrupted by uh, political agitators who want to um, not just question the sexual politics between men and women, but also the way that Western cultures govern themselves and, and you know, people in those societies govern themselves. Um, so, for example, I've read a collection of essays about the Me Too movement in preparation for this debate, uh, a chap called Paul M. Salmon, who writes for one of these weird um, internet feminist left-wing magazines that only about five people read uh, was talking about Harvey Weinstein and suggested that the entire capitalist structure especially corporate capitalism in America but capitalism in general ought to be deconstructed rebuilt to prevent um, power, powerful monoliths like Harvey Weinstein from uh, being able to do whatever they want for decades. Um, in, closer to home in the UK Sarah Pascoe a British comedian uh, suggested that we should uh, lower the evidentiary standard in cases of rape and sexual assault. In other words, a woman's testimony should be more valuable in the court case than any physical evidence. But that, of course... You know, going pecking on something that Stephen mentioned in his model in his uh opening remarks, that does create effectively a witch trial because effectively, like the witch trials of Salem, Massachusetts, accusation was enough. There was no physical evidence because as he pointed out, witches don't exist. So it was the accusation was enough to destroy people's careers. And people have been destroyed by accusations. Um trial by Twitter has replaced trial by jury. Um If you don't believe that that's true, there are several there are a few examples. Let's be let's be conservative about this. A few examples of people who have been destroyed, have had their lives ruined because someone's accused them on Twitter. There's been a gang a gang of people mobbing them, and they've lost jobs and positions. Uh, If you don't believe that that can have an unpredictable impact, just ask Johnny Depp. Uh, Johnny Depp is the uh, the the latest um, famous victim of this sort of thing. Um, I think it's become pathological. It's now exposed a fear of male sexuality and male sexual expression. So now men don't actually, certainly the men I talk to, don't know what appropriate conduct is anymore. And so there's an ironic return to a kind of pre-feminist um, courting Ritual, courting rules. Um, it's, it's its weird. It's almost like the feminist movement is regressing. It's, it's abandoning the f- freedoms and all this sort of thing and going backwards. Again, I'm sure people are going to debate that point. Um, so, yes, yeah, okay. So in conclusion, sorry, I've, I've been rambling on for a bit. Um, sexual assault is real. It's a problem. We must deal with it. The Me Too movement, initially a good idea, and I'm sure most people who use the hashtag are sincere in trying to solve the problem, but I believe perhaps erroneously that it creates more problems than it solves. That's the end of my, those are the end of my remarks. I now pass over to Irina.
5: Thanks, Ken. Um, I definitely think that one of the main points that I wanna hit is something that you had said a little bit earlier, where you had said, it's become trial by Twitter and not trial by jury. I think that um, the Me Too movement in itself was a movement that was good to promote awareness However, um, it became something that worked really closely with cancel culture and something that worked in pretty much only social media sectors. So it created almost a, a situation where people could go online and say, I was attacked and I had all of these things happen to me. And people would explode about it in anger for about 24 hours, but nothing ever came out of it because people weren't going to the police and making police reports instead they were making reports on Twitter and the thing about Twitter itself and those stories is that they're really hard to look into when you just see a Twitter post about something that happened or when you know someone's accusing someone like that on such a big platform it's really hard for them to defend themselves or even ever get that um assaulter or you know assailant tag away from their name um, sexual harassment is a really harmful thing but sometimes the actual harasser isn't a deliberate like aggressor they're actually a clueless participant in this stuff and their behavior may have be- had like a positive intent but the befe- effect of their behavior is actually a negative situation and in social media there's a very fine line between inappropriate comments sexual assaults, and things that just make people uncomfortable. And depending on how that's portrayed to the world, it can have an effect on someone's life and really, you know, affect how they move forward in their future. The world responds to the idea of sexual assault, especially like online and in a social media sector, with the entire almost entirely as a whole. You know, no one says, oh. You group somebody, so you should be held you know, less accountable. Everyone should be held accountable for their actions. And it's essential to get to that heart of the matter, the actual behavior that happens, the actual information, and allow a group of unbiased people to really look at that information instead of just having biased stories back and forth on social media and just getting that out there. Um, I also think that it can create a net loss in the American competitiveness and the actual achievement that we create as a whole, because it can prevent um, institutions from really trying to hire people who are seriously about, um, have their qualifications. It raises sexual harassment, abuse, and um, all of those awareness for both men and women Um, But it is really predominantly used by women. And um, I don't think that I personally have ever heard of a Me Too movement off the top of my head that was, or a Me Too message that was created by a man. Um, I think that because of this Me Too movement, we're moving towards a place, and not just the Me Too movement, but cancel culture as a whole, um, that mainstream institutions are going to try and hire promote or comp- compensate people based on their gender and race, race with the exception of actual um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, with the um the uh, instead of like looking at the actual qualifications is what I'm thinking about um there are you know diversity Um, quotas that you have to meet and gender quotas Um, and that's starting to push a little bit more into um, moving. I think the um, uh, I think males and white males in particular have a very high bar in order to progress their careers without oppression and I think that this actual movement creates not an extinction of prejudice but a shift in the target and instead of, you know, looking into um, oppressing minorities, we're trying to move that oppression to another group instead of actually just eradicating that oppression in general. I think that's what I got for you now.
1: You got it. Thank you very much, Arena and Kendon as well. Want to let you know, folks, we have many more juicy debates coming up. For example, on the bottom right of your screen, this Monday, Arden of Eden returns, taking on Alex Stein on the topic of whether or not trans children should be able to use puberty blockers so if you like juicy controversial debates if you're sick like us hit that subscribe button as we have many more coming up in the future and with that we're going to jump into open conversation thanks all for being with us the floor is all yours
3: Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, okay, so, yeah, I would just kind of start off by saying that, yeah, I do agree that it is true that people have been ruined by accusations. Um, that's 100% true. Uh, you know, I, I I, had said that, you know, it's less than 1%. That's not my way of kind of wafting it away. However, it's... I, I, I just kind of think that this kind of problem seems bigger than what it actually is and again that's not my way of wafting away that issue because it is a genuine real issue that we need to tackle and something needs to be done about but it was kind of something that i had gotten from arenas as well do either of you kind of disagree with the believe all women uh slogan i guess is what it is
4: um, it depends on what, this is a weird one, I've, I've seen the hashtag believe all women. Um, the problem with believe all women is it implies that all women as in all what 3.5 billion of them are trustworthy. Uh, What you do is you listen to women, you take down their stories, you deal with the stories by, say, I'm a police officer, I'm recording your story, say, uh, I'm going to pick on Kay because she's there. Uh, Kay comes to me with a story, I'm a police officer, I record her story in good faith, I treat it with the respect the story deserves, I follow it to an actual conclusion. If I can bring someone in for questioning, that's great. But ultimately, the idea of believe all women is in the same way. Let's flip the genders. Why can't you say believe all men? It doesn't really work because we know that some men are liars. Some men are deceitful. So the hashtag, I I understand the spirit of the hashtag. The idea is, is that, you know, women feel that when they go to the police with their problems, with their stories, that they're not taken seriously, um, that the cases aren't handled properly or handled thoroughly, shall we say. And that is definitely a legal failing. And, you know, we need to address that. But the solution isn't to assume that every single woman who ever comes forward with a story, whether it's about sexual assault or she saw she met a celebrity on the street or whatever, is telling the truth, because that's not quite what you do in a legal system. You make room for reasonable doubt. And that's not what the hashtag or believe all women implies. It says that, you know, we have to believe everything that they say all the time, which is ludicrous. So it it depends on what you mean by hashtag believe all women. to be honest, I can't give you a straight answer to that question, realistically.
5: See, I think the hashtag believe all women itself is just a horrible idea. Like, it's a horrible way to to try and raise awareness or even even push, you know, uh, a claim for sexual harassment you know, we look at Amber Heard right now, that's in the news. She was on the phone saying, I hit you and they will still blame you. Like, you will still get in trouble for this. And he did. His life is ruined for it. Like, we don't need a hashtag for Believe All Women. We already have women who are liars, men who are liars. We know people are liars at this point now. I think that we've passed a point where we can just decide that it's time to believe 50% of the country
4: blindly. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, the thing is, is that, um, the thing is as well, the, what annoys me when stories like the the, the Depp Heard saga, when that makes interest, what annoys me more than anything else is that it makes other women's testimonies less believable because it makes, if you've only ever heard stories of, because obviously a lot of women keep these stories quiet, And I understand why they keep it quiet. And I understand it's not entirely their fault. But if you've only ever heard stories in the press where a woman accuses a man and it turns out the woman is lying, that poisons the conversation you have with other women because you bring that to a, well, yeah, but there was this story in the press of like Amber Heard dating Johnny Depp and she blamed him for the X, Y, and Z and the other thing, and it was wrong. And so in actual fact, that's what annoys me more is I also want, Arena and I clearly understand that sexual assault is wrong. But the way that the Me Too movement, the hashtag and all the rest of it, the, the common people have used it, has completely mangled the conversation. And that's the big problem, as, a, as, far, as at least as, as far as I see it.
2: Um, yeah. I just want to be... clarify, like, before we go on, um, the original, like, slogan, the original hashtag and everything wasn't believe all women. It was simply believe women. Um, the idea, the idea that the original slogan was believe all women and therefore like this idea was painted. Um, it was, it was really a conservative right-wing thing here in the States to say that, you know, believe all women meant that automatically we should believe every story that a woman brings forward about sexual assault, harassment, rape, et cetera, and, uh, socially crucify whoever it is that she's accusing. Whereas originally, um... The, the slogan of believe women was simply what Kendon was saying earlier. You know, it was just uh whenever a woman comes forward, they want police to take it seriously, they want it to they go through the justice system through the proper channels that it needs to go through. Um, they want the support on a social level. That doesn't mean that you need to completely alienate the person that she's accusing but more often than not before the me too movement really really blew up when when it whenever women would come forward particularly in more conservative groups um i grew up very conservative whenever women would come forward with their stories about being sexually harassed or being sexually assaulted or even being raped um more often than not on a social level she was met with uh criticism um more than acceptance and you know we want to support you we want to help you get through all of the legal processes that you need to go through in order to get justice if it is true what you're saying is true. Um so the the conversation about believe all women, um, I, I don't I don't think that it's productive because the original slogan, what like brought to you by the Me Too movement wasn't believe all women. It was simply believe women.
5: Well, I've got a question. So like why would it not just be believe victims like because I would assume and you know I don't have any statistics on me and obviously I'm not a male but men who are abused especially by other men and especially in conservative areas and not even in conservative areas but in areas that you know it's it's more poor and it's more you know fun it's it's not okay for, you know, you to have been abused by a male. Those are people who aren't going to go to the police, who aren't going to, you know, and if they do go to the police, they may not get believed either. And these are men who are getting pushed farther into the background because it's time to believe women because women need to go talk. Everyone needs to go talk. Everyone needs to go to the police and not be on Twitter about it.
2: No, and I absolutely agree. And I think that was uh, a legitimate criticism that a lot of people on both sides of the political spectrum had whenever uh, Me Too really, really blew up. A lot of people don't know that the Me Too movement has been around since 2006. It was founded in 2006, but it really, really exploded uh, in 2017 with the Harvey Weinstein investigation. But whenever it was founded in 2006, it, it was not biased either way towards either of the sexes. It was meant to be inclusive. It was meant to simply bring awareness about the pervasiveness regarding sexual assault. Uh, particularly in the United States. Um, Whenever the whole Harvey Weinstein thing kind of exploded and Me Too was just absolutely everywhere and social media really picked it up and ran with it. It more became about women probably really because of the conversations that were being had during that trial. You had a lot of right-wing political pundits talking about, well, you know, if a woman goes to a man's hotel room, Um, in the middle of the night, what can she expect? And there was a lot of victim blaming. And that caused the conversation to move less into a discussion about sexual assault survivors as a whole, and more about how women experience sexual assault. And I do believe, you know, this is what I was talking about in my opening statement, that we really do need to try to shift the conversation back to what it was originally meant to be, which is a conversation about sexual assault. And that it has no bias against Either of the sexes and gender identity. If you've been sexually assaulted, if you are a survivor of sexual assault, then you need to be, be you need to be believed. You need to be supported, and we need to have a an, an environment where you feel safe to come forward with your story, and you feel safe to go to the authorities and get the justice that you deserve.
4: I'd like to respond to Kay, if I may, unless anybody else wants to jump in with a point. Uh, no, okay. Well, I mean, the, like, only
3: other thing that I had was, I mean, like. So in response to this thing of, like, believe... So you're kind of saying, essentially, you know, don't necessarily believe all women when they cry rape. I mean, okay, so do we believe all women when they cry burglary? When they cry assault? When they cry mug? What's, what's the standard? What's the difference, right? Because they're all crimes. So if you believe all women, if they go to the police and they say... I was mugged at this place at this time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Why is it that we're, that we all collectively are far more likely to believe that person who goes about that particular crime, but we're not when it comes to a sexual assault that's that's and, I, and i'm and i genuinely asking that that's because that's just but, very confusing to me
4: but but, but Stephen, you're presuming that i would believe everybody who came forward with a story of a burglary a mugging um or you yeah. know something i i don't um because i understand that people lie about all people men and women lie about anything for all sorts of reasons um you know uh, that you don't when when you the it's Obviously we're talking about the legal system. I'm not qualified, my sister is, but I'm not to qualified to talk about the law. You have to maintain a level of objectivity as much as humanly possible. So if someone walks into a police station to report a crime, you take their story seriously, you ask them questions, open questions to get detail, and then ultimately you take that story and move it forward. Now, obviously, if the story is riddled with holes or contradictions or they don't just don't give you a lot of detail to work with, then you can't do much with that story. But the, the, the implication, whether it's believe women, believe all women, believe all rodents, doesn't matter, the implication is, is that when a woman or when a person comes forward with a story about a a crime, whether it's uh, a serious crime, a social one or whatever, that we have to just take the word for it, which is nonsense. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, do you remember, oh, what was it? I think Dave Chappelle did a bit about, what's his name? Um, the, the the actor, was it Justin's, Justin Smollett? I can't remember. The guy who accused yeah. of being jumped by two um, thugs in MAGA hats in Chicago, which is hilarious, because any guy wearing MAGA, a MAGA hat in Chicago would probably get jumped themselves. Um, but again, we they, everyone had to believe him, because, of course, well, you know, this guy wouldn't possibly lie, given his colour, given the, the, the political climate of the time, his sexuality, things like that. And it turns out he was talking shit. Um, and, you know, it's but it's the implication that we just have to believe them without questioning them. And if you do question them, you're a bad person because you're not taking them seriously. It's like, no, I am taking you seriously. I just want to make sure we've got all the details so that we can actually do something constructive with the tale that you've given us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- th- I don't automatically believe everybody just because they've told me a story about some dramatic event, criminal or otherwise. Yeah, I um, agree with you. Sorry, Irina?
5: I said I agree with you completely.
4: Yeah. Um, the uh, What was it? Uh, uh, Kay, what was it? I've forgotten what Kay's point was. Uh, Kay made a very interesting point that I wanted to come back on, and I've completely forgotten what it was. Um, what did you last say, Kay? Can you remember?
2: Uh, I don't even remember what the last thing I said was, quite honestly. It was, so- it, it was something when I wanted that, to challenge.
5: Was thinking, like old? I remember that. It was 2006, well,
2: that- right? Yeah, the original oh, yes, Me Too movement, yes. yeah.
4: Yeah okay the problem that i have because this exposes another problem that i've got with the current incarnation shall we say of the me too movement is that it's been co-opted by radical feminists who are inherently sexist in their philosophy um they don't like men they don't trust men they don't like male sexuality they don't like male sexual activity they don't try, they 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 don't really know the difference between um uh, sort of like they don't really understand how to manage male behavior they believe that all men are oppressors they either benefit from patriarchy or they're patriarchs and so they um they don't listen I mean as someone who has been sexually assaulted three times by men twice by women um most of the radical feminists that I've spoken to online and in life don't really care they just don't care it's like well it's it's better for you because you're a bloke it's like no it's still horrible and because I've gone through it, I actually have more empathy for women who've experienced it. Actually, so it was kind of an educational experience in some weird, twisted, sinister way. Um, but it's uh, yeah, they just don't take it seriously. Um, someone pointed out um, that while men experience almost like almost fifty percent of domestic violence victims are male, there are no dedicated shelters for men uh, for like domestic violence refuges and things like that. And it's like actually, there. Yeah, that's a really good point. There's there's a problem I think in our culture where we just assume that the women are victims, and or and, and that men can't be in some weird way, and I think that's that's a problem I've got with the Me Too movement as well.
2: Yeah, you know, Ken, uh, it's it's funny because I think that if, like whenever it really like comes down to like the base of things, we agree on a lot. Um, yeah. I think that we just we have kind of a different perspective on it um, because you see the Me Too movement, it has been co opted in a lot of ways by radical feminists and says somebody that identifies as a feminist um radical feminists irritate the crap out of me because they take all of these really really productive conversations and they steer it away from what it needs to be about and then we're not getting anything accomplished with these conversations they've done it with so many issues not just with the me Too movement, and So for me, like, whenever I started identifying as a feminist, I had a lot of people saying, like, why would you identify as a feminist whenever there's such a negative stigma around identifying as a feminist? Why not, you know, call yourself an egalitarian or so on and so forth? And I had told them, I was like, I think that there is a lot of benefit in the idea of feminism. And I think that putting forth the effort and fighting to somewhat reclaim what that means. Um, is a worthwhile effort. And I feel the exact same way about the Me Too movement. I think that there are a lot of beneficial conversations that have come out since the conception of the Me Too movement in 2006. And really in 2017, even when it attracted a lot of bad faith characters, a lot of radical idealists um, that took the message and kind of ran in all kinds of directions with it and began alienating men from it, there were a lot of men that, were able to find a, a sense of comfort and a sense of safety to come forward. And it really did normalize um, to an extent uh, for a lot of men to be able to come forward and talk about their sexual assaults publicly, uh, particularly in online arenas. Um, and I do believe that there are things that we need to do to kind of reel it back in. Um, I think that radical feminists um, more centralized feminists need to be more active in calling out radical feminists for their alienation of men, sexual assault survivors. But I am of the opinion, at least as of right now, I mean, it may change in the future. I may become more pessimistic that we should not just take this movement and completely scrap it because bad faith characters have kind of tried to uh, take it and run in a different direction than it was meant to. Um, I think that it was super beneficial in 2017 whenever the original founder of the of the Me Too movement came out and kind of tried to redirect the conversation back to what the Me Too movement was meant to be. And she did an interview, I think it was with the BBC, where she was talking about how like the end game of the Me Too movement for her whenever she started it was so that sexual assault victims whether they are male or female, regardless of their, what their gender identity is, can stop feeling like they are in any way at fault for their sexual assault and have a safe space in society to come forward and be like, this happened to me. This is, you know, what I struggle with because of it. This is what I can bring to the table so that it doesn't happen to other people. This is what the tips that I can give to help you in just creating an overall safe space for people to come forward and report their sexual assaults.
5: I mean, I think that one of the things with that is there is a place for you to safely report your sexual assaults. And it's it's a police station. And social media and the internet itself will never be a safe space, ever. You, No matter how many things we put into it, there will always be people who specifically seek out those people who are trying to raise awareness or who are hurting and putting out their story to make them feel bad. It's, it's what people on the internet do. I'm no, not sure that you'll ever like find that safe space, you know?
2: And I don't agree. And I think that, you know, the internet is a tool and it's kind of up to the individual how they choose to use it. I don't see the internet as a a bad or a good. It's just a neutral thing and it varies from person to person. Um, But with things like the Me Too movement, it has uh, kind of created communities online where that is kind of a created safe space where even if you do have people that go out of their way to come into these these safe spaces that communities have created within the internet and just be assholes and make people feel bad about themselves, you have entire communities of people now rallying behind that person and pushing that negativity out. Um, I'm not really one of those people that gets a whole lot of benefit emotionally or mentally from, you know, like sharing personal experiences online and having people rally around me. But I have met so many people, um, particularly like regarding, because I'm a pro life activist and uh, I deal with a lot of women that have gone through, uh, pregnancy loss and having that, that safety, that community that they've found, um, in online spaces to talk about their miscarriages or their stillbirths, um, has been really, really beneficial to their mental and emotional health regarding that situation. So yes, there are always going to be people who are going to be assholes online. There's always going to be the detestable parts of the internet, um, but there also are the benefits of having communities that span across oceans to all continents of people that have experienced similar had similar experiences and can find uh, emotional and mental like community with each other through the internet.
4: Um, picking up on that though, talking about the creation of safe spaces on the internet, um, I, I, Newton's law isn't it? Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Um, because, I I mean, I believe that, Kay, you are sincere in what you're saying, that you want to create safe spaces for women to talk about pregnancy loss and things like that. I'm not accusing you of anything. I wouldn't dream of it. Um, what I would suggest, though, is that with the Me Too movement, because it's been corrupted by various bad actors, not necessarily radical feminists, as people taking the piss, let's be honest, trolls find their way into any online sphere. I learned that the hard way. Um, the um, the fact that men are being pushed out of the, those spaces and are not allowed to, be, to talk about the um, uh, Assaults and things like that. It's leading to a rise of. I mean, obviously, you you guys must know the terms incel um, and MGTOW I'd be, I dare say so you've actually met those people. I I haven't actually. I, I very rarely interact with them. But, I, but we all know what they are. But You're those, so can be, yeah, yeah, they're not they're not nice people, really. they um, are
5: so terrible.
4: Yeah, but the trouble is, is that a lot of those, lot of those guys. Yeah, some of them are just raving misogynists. Um, some of them are let's be fair, repressed homosexuals, like they're another group that make it into the MGTOW circles and things like that. Um, but a lot of those guys are just lost young men or lost guys who have been the victim of X, Y, Z and the other thing, and have found a community of people who are going to listen to them. Um, and so that's where I think a lot of this, this is what happens if you don't police the Me Too spaces properly and allow men to come forward with their stories they're going to go looking for a group of people who want to hear them. And if those are incels or MGTOWs, well, that's kind of the fault of the Me Too movement or the failure of those administrating it, you know. So, uh, yeah, the, the I don't like the idea of safe spaces anyway, because I think it's infantilizing And it actually, it doesn't help people um, deal with psychological trauma as much as people say it does. As someone who has a history of depression... I, I know what it's like to be to suffer from mental illness, and a safe space where I get to hug a teddy and play with plasticine or play doh doesn't, you know, doesn't appeal to me at all. Um, but that's just personal bias, I guess. Um, yeah, so it, yeah, the creation of safe spaces because you say that you talk about people who are detestable, and yeah, there are detestable people. We agree, but it depends on your definition of detestable. Um, who, who gets to stay and who gets to go, and it's that kind of arbitrary sorting hat mentality I don't I'm not entirely comfortable with
2: yeah and unfortunately you know we are human beings and human beings aren't perfect and uh, like I said earlier I think that more uh center leaning feminists that are that haven't been radicalized need to do a better job about calling out the radicalization of other feminists you know radical feminists aren't something that we should be tolerating their message is toxic just as toxic as uh I guess at the other end of the spectrum, you would have incels. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, it's, they're equally as toxic and they're e- equally as unproductive, and it's like a cancer. And in, in any in any movement, social or political, to uh give a pass to ideas that are discriminatory in any way, and that's what the Me Too movement is struggling with. Like we had the Me Too movement, it began in 2006 and it was very much just about sexual assault survivors, both male and female. Um, and then whenever it blew up in 2017, because of the conversations that were being had surrounding Harvey Weinstein's victims, which happened to be female, um, the, the conversation shifted um, into talking specifically about uh, women sexual assault survivors. Um, and I think that there needs to be more of an effort to kind of separate the two. There's a lot of conversations being being had um, on a social level about women's issues right now. Feminism is really, really just gathering speed and um, adding their women that are identifying as feminists are is actually growing in the United States. Uh, and it's it's crossing uh, political and social boundaries with women and men who identify as feminists and want to talk about women's issues. Um, Whenever it comes to talking about the Me Too movement, we need to get back to having this conversation simply be about sexual assault survivors, regardless of their sex.
4: Um, The I think, uh, no, I I mean, I understand where you're coming from Um, as someone I don't identify, although I have some sympathy with some feminist ideas, I don't identify as a feminist because the trouble I have with feminism as a philosophy is that it's such a broad church that the statement, I am a feminist means nothing because it can mean anything as far as I, I've read feminist um, articles, pro-life and pro-choice. For marriage against marriage, for sex work against sex work, um, you know, for abort, you know, and all sorts of weird, for even sex positive and sex um, sex negative, you know, the, the, for you know, um, uh, suggesting that people should women should go to choose to be lesbians because it's the only way they can be liberated. It's, it's such a broad church. I've got no idea what the statement actually means. So I basically say I'll just be nice. And and like, not punch people, and then hopefully that will be enough. You know, I have to, I have to just be that basic. Um, What was I going to say about feminism? Yeah, the trouble with feminism, um, because I've, I've read basically all the feminist texts going back to Mary Wollstonecraft, bringing it forward. I used to teach a lot of it, is that. It, the, the clues in the title really um, the radicals are born of the idea that they need to feminise the culture because they believe that masculinity is at the heart of the problem with the with um, sexual assault like Harvey Weinstein is toxically max masculine um, oh who else can we pick on uh, people, uh, Johnny Depp was accused of it and things like that um, so it's masculinity itself that needs to be overridden um, so I think where you, you say that feminism is growing in the United States I've got no, I, I assume that that's true I'm not. I'm going to cast aspersions, um, but it's still a tiny minority of people because they get the sense that the entire movement is itself poisoned. So it's not just the Me Too movement that's a problem; it's the underlying philosophy, feminist philosophy, that's also causing um uh, concern, shall we say, among the general populace. And I think that's why you're getting a lot of backlash, where people are not picking this up, picking up the ball and running with it. Um, uh, feel free to call me out. Feel free to call me out my nonsense, but uh, you know. Um,
3: Everyone's gone quiet. Yeah, uh, okay, so, uh, okay. Um. So it's, okay, so this is something that's come up a good few times. I just want to personally just kind of say this as well. I believe in justice for Jai Depp, 100%, you know, anyway. anyway. Uh. Yes, Kay, I 100% agree, fuck TERFs. Um, th- there's uh, th- not in that way, but you know, tell him to fuck up anyway. Uh, you-, you know what I mean? Uh, you've
4: um, seen Julie Bindle, I wouldn't touch that with a stick. Carry on. Um, <laughs> but uh,
3: so, yeah, so this kind of idea, kind of, that you had said a couple of minutes ago now, uh, was that there was no like refuge uh, shelters for men or like something along those lines, that there was no like uh, safe havens in the same way for like sexual assault or uh you know any sort of um like spousal abuse or any of these sorts of things uh, they 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 do exist they're not very common and they're not very well known but they do exist i've worked in one as part of my um college experience so so i i know that they exist but it's it's like so if your kind of main argument on on that is you know promote these more make them more well known show people where they are teach about them say that you know that there is nothing to be ashamed of if you are a a, a um, man and you are being abused in the uh, home whether it be physical or sexual you can go to these places so if that's your argument i 100 agree with you but The kind of argument that I thought that I heard, I'm more than willing to be um, corrected on it, was that these shelters don't exist. That's what I thought you said anyway.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, okay, poorly phrased. So they exist. They might exist because you obviously you've worked in one, but they don't exist in the popular imagination. They're not promoted as Mm -hmm. much. It, it, the expectation is that they don't exist I mean when because I, I used to I mean uh, talking about my past when I was 16 I did what we call I don't know what you probably in America you have something different we call it work experience where you basically shadow people for a week or two to see what it's actually like to earn a living and I followed I worked with a photojournalist for a local newspaper and part of her work was going to a shelter called the Dove Project which is a women's refuge what we used to call a battered women's shelter and um, so I know that those places exist and you can find them because they're openly promoted um to be honest there could be 200 shelters for men in the UK but I haven't heard of one of them and if you ask Mm -hmm. most people in the you know the person in the street they haven't heard of them either so what's the actual point but the other of the problem is is that if a man is to go because then again the culture needs to shift slightly on this and Kay acknowledges this as well um if a man comes forward The expectation is that he sucks it up and gets on with it. Maybe he gets a sympathetic ear, but then they just buy him a pint and they tell him to, you know, Drink it down and stop whinging, and so this is why a lot of problems that are occurring in the culture, like the rise of incels the rise of big towels lest we forget the number one cause of wrong of uh, unnatural death for men under the age of forty five is suicide in the UK. Mm-hmm. I think that's true in the United States as well. Be- why are they killing themselves? Why? Because they can't. They're, they're stuck. They can't talk to people. They can't communicate. And the Me Too movement, as Chaos pointed out back in the good old days. Was an egalitarian, uh, non-partisan, um, non-anti-sexist movement has been corrupted, and it's now all about women. Um, the other thing that really wound me up, though, is about the Me Too movement. Is that like, do you remember? Was it 2017? It must have been 2017, where the Golden Globes, or was it? Yeah, it was the Golden Globes. They hosted hosted an evening where all the ladies wore black dresses. Do you remember? There was like a big demonstration where mm-hmm. all the celebrities wore black dresses. Like Oprah was in a black number, and there's uh, dresses that cost more than I earn in a year, and they were wearing them as to show solidarity with the Me Too movement. The thing that really annoyed me about that is because, of course, they're presenting themselves as victims of the structure, but a lot of them would have profited from it. A lot of them would have probably, because like, I mean, we've all seen the pictures of Oprah Winfrey hobnobbing with Harvey Weinstein. I want to know how many of them actually knew what was going on and said nothing. I also want to know how many of them, but let's be blunt, how many of them took him up on the offer and got something out of it? Because that's another thing that never comes up ever in the Me Too, Me Too conversations. I'm not saying that that invalidates you know, talking about the subject. I'm just saying it does wind me up when if, if it, the way it's presented, all men are perpetrators, all women are victims, but then you got women who knew exactly what was going on and said nothing or profited from whatever Mr. Weinstein and co were doing. Um, that also winds me up a little bit. That's why I'm also not on the side of the me too movement, because I think a lot of the people who support it are hypocrites. Um, but again, feel free to jump in on that one. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a Ooh,
3: yeah. Uh so okay, so you had kind of said something about like how many women have kind of taken Harvey Weinstein up on that offer. They likely didn't do so consensually or at the very at the barest of minimum. There was some coercion involved, right? So they use. So Harvey used this idea of, hey, you know, this happens. We all know what this means in this context. This happens, and you're going to get that part, and you're going to get this, this, uh, this role or this position or this whatever. If you if you use a sex act as a barrier to you getting that position, that's not a consensual relationship. That's not. A, a like free trade, if you want to kind of use that phrase for it, there there was an element of coercion there. So it's not so to kind of say, you know, oh, oh well, if some women did it, therefore, I mean, sure, like I mean, it's you know, it's fine. Like, and I'm not even necessarily saying that you're saying that, but the point is to to try and use that as like an attack. I, I it, it just doesn't really land for me. You know what I mean? I don't really yeah, see I- it.
4: I know. Mean, I understand that there's a power imbalance because Harvey Weinstein, for all his um, sexual and psychological faults, is one of the greatest producers that Hollywood has ever produced. He's got a great eye for talent and things like that. That's why he was so successful for so many years. You know, he turned Miramax from an art house studio that no one's heard of into a major major mainstream studio is Pulp Fiction that actually bankrolled a lot of their later projects. Um, So so there is a power imbalance because as a Hollywood producer, he's a power broker. And therefore you've got to make nice with the producer. Otherwise you don't get a gig. Now there is a way of obviously attracting talent and pleasing the producer that doesn't involve getting naked in a hotel room and doing things that Uncle Harvey tells you to do. I'm not suggesting for a moment that it is an equal and fair exchange. But what I am concerned by is because the thing is, it's the sin of omission. It's like how many of the ladies, we've never heard a story from any of the ladies who took him up on the offer. And I'm using a euphemism because this is YouTube. Um, You never hear those stories and you never hear stories from ladies. No one has come forward and confessed and said, uh, I saw this thing was happening. No, uh, correction. Quentin Tarantino has come forward and said, "I saw Mr. Weinstein doing something naughty, and I said nothing, and he got absolutely shellacked for doing that because oh, well, you should have said something. You're a man. You've got to take. You know, you've got to intervene. And, you know, stop bad male behavior." but there are also ladies in the room who must have seen something and done nothing and said nothing and maybe even profited from Mr. to seen and just turned a blind eye to it and that's another thing that, that my point isn't that it's okay if they say yes because if you say yes under duress it's not consent I agree with you entirely the problem is that it's presented as it's the man's responsibility to stop it but it's also the responsibility of the women as well so you've got to it it, it it just bothers me it's a kind of it's a kind of sexism as far as I'm concerned maybe again if I'm wrong like you know educate the English that's fine but as I say it you, you can't just heap it all on the blokes and ask why didn't you stop it it's like well why did you go along with it why did you ladies why did you not stop it as well why didn't you try and do something about it and some women did some of them tried uh, so as far back as the 1930s if you forget Harvey Weinstein but and those women are to be respected but a lot of ladies didn't um, and that's that's yeah. I don't know. I'm just ranting now. Like, I don't. Oh, okay. So
3: this is not to defend anybody or you know anything else like that. Especially given what we're kind of talking about. Like, I, I, to to do this properly and to do it like, you know, hundred percent justly where I don't come across as if I'm defending somebody, this would have to be in like an edited video that I don't know how to do. And this is not, it's live, so if I come across as if I'm doing that, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not, but for the women who, you know, as Kendon said, took uh, Weinstein up on his offer and the, or, or, or that like saw things and didn't really say anything For a very, very, very long time, as Kenan also said, Harvey Weinstein was one of the most powerful people in all of Hollywood. And, you know, any sort of attack on on him was was like detrimental for other producers, for other directors, for other uh, studios. So there was an implicit incentive not to talk about it. Because if you did, then you were going to be fired from this future gig or from that future gig or from this future gig. And again, that is not to defend anybody on, like you know, doing anything. That's not to say, oh well, it was okay then that they that they said nothing because you you know that allowed Harvey Weinstein to do more. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there was and there was uh, a, a net negative at the time to talk about the things that Harvey Weinstein did. So. If we you know, like this is not just about, you know, changing the the behaviors of future Harvey Weinsteins, but it is about changing the system as as a whole that incentivizes silencing women. That's what we need to change.
4: Okay, I see your point, but I raise you this question. Why is it though that when I read, I mean, and again, Kay has probably got stuff that contradicts this, but the stuff that I have read, this is all official publications related to Me Too. Why is it? It's always about men policing their own behaviour, policing other men's behaviour. Um, women criticising them for what they're doing, which is fine. You know, if poor behaviour from anybody should be criticised, but there must also be responsibility heaped upon women, ladies, who are who who know something and don't speak. It's, there are some women who have come forward in history. I've read a collection of Me Too essays where the opening essay is about a woman whose Hollywood career was destroyed because she tried to talk about the casting couch in the 1930s, um, and that's obviously not fair. I'm not suggesting that it is. I mean, you know, put that one aside. You've never heard of her. Basically, this woman, this actress, was like a minor chorus girl back in the days when their musicals were big, and so, but she came forward anyway and tried to do something about it and failed in the attempt. It was a noble failure, but ultimately a failure it's not it's it's not It it, it can't, the responsibility for changing the system cannot fall exclusively on men just because a man failed. It's not just Quentin Tarantino's fault that he didn't do anything about Harvey Weinstein because there are ladies around Harvey Weinstein, actresses, producers, casting directors, but someone who works in the craft service truck. I don't really care. Someone saw something and said nothing and every single one of them is guilty. But because, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I can perceive it, because they're female because they're women the expectation isn't the same and i would argue that that is a sexist distinction if i see something and i don't report it that's my fault if k sees something and doesn't report it that's also her fault but in the eyes of the me too movement she's given a she would be given a, some members of the me too movement she would be given a pass and i would argue that that's not fair um that's my that's my basic point
2: Um, I can kind of elaborate a little bit on that. Obviously, this isn't always the case, and there are going to be situations where, um, you know, I I do believe that there probably were women that were very, very aware of what Harvey Weinstein was doing. Um, He had been doing this for a very, very long time. It's impossible that nobody was aware that this was going on. Uh, Everybody was very well aware of it, and um, they they didn't say anything about it, and that's on men and women. Um, A little bit to what Stephen said, uh, talking about how, uh, you know, women did have to worry somewhat about having their careers ruined if they did come forward. Harvey Weinstein was very, very influential in 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 the area that that was paying their bills, was keeping them rich. And although I, I, I don't condone that um, in a more everyday sense of, you know, everyday people. Uh, that aren't celebrities, that aren't in the public eye, that don't have you know millions upon millions of dollars to lose or gain, in these situations. Um, women, even if it's somebody that's outside of the the assault that is taking place, if a woman sees another man doing something to a girl, um, historically, uh, women are less likely to come forward and try to stop it or report it or uh, be a witness. Uh, in criminal investigations to it because women have genuinely been scared of coming forward. Um, There is very few things on this earth that are scarier than a man that thinks that he's entitled to sex, being denied sex, Um, and a man that is willing to go to the lengths of assaulting someone to get what he wants is someone that is very, very dangerous. So women historically have been less likely to come forward in these situations be like you need to stop doing this that's not okay I saw this happen, because they have feared the blowback you know it's, it's one of those things that we kind of like laughing like kind of jokingly talk about you know, men have to worry about being like rejected in bars or laughed at and women have to be worried about being raped and murdered and left in the street. You know, women do have genuinely very, very real fears and concerns whenever coming forward, even if they weren't the ones that were assaulted, just being someone that witnessed the assault or tried to stop the assault from happening. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would go as far to say that the Me Too movement has kind of given women a little bit more of a backbone and a little bit more of a community to be to come together and say, like, all of these women in this room are seeing what you're doing. It's not okay, And you're not going to do it. And you need to get the fuck out.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I do, I know, okay, I, I I take that point. The idea is, is that, you know, the only thing is, is the old, I mean, probably I shouldn't mention his name given his uh, history, but Louis CK has a marvellous joke about this where he says, you know, you have to worry about getting raped and murdered. What do I have to worry about? Heart disease. And that's pretty much it. You know, this is, this is idea that, you know, because men, let's not be coy about, this, let's not be, let's be serious about this. Men on average are physically superior to women in the same weight class. So women are not physically intimidating the same way that a man is. Um, I have actually had these, uh, uh, these encounters in lifts. Like it's really weird when I'm in the office building at work, because I work for a bank, and I'm standing there, and the other person in the lift, or the elevator, sorry to translate it into, into colonial, um, is, is, is a woman. And I can tell that as soon as I walk in, because I've got the beard, and sometimes I've got my sunglasses on, I'm covered in tattoos... Um, I look like, a, you know, a convicted sex offender, let's go. And so, and again, and again, it's weird because you can see there's that little look flitting over her face. And I know it's there and I spot it and she's very good at controlling it. So I'm like, these ladies, but I go, I know why that expression is there. I know why that you, you're feeling that way. And it kind of bothers me because I know that I'm innocent of such urges, but she doesn't know that. Um, what all I can say based on what you've said is, Summon your courage, um, and try. And, and, and you know, res- and, and I mean, obviously, if someone's attacking you, it's it's, hard, it's easy for me to say that. I understand that. But if if you have been the victim of something, then come forward. Get a group of friends together to come forward. The feminist movement back in the '60s was all about liberation, taking control of your life, your destiny, your career, your future. Do what you want to do. Self empowerment. I mentioned in my opening remarks that there's a kind of an ironic return to pre-feminist courtship rituals and uh, rules regarding the sexual interaction between men and women. It's almost like, and this is a kind of, you probably won't like her name, Camille Paglia take on this, the idea that they've tasted freedom and it's scary, so they're trying to move back. And they're saying, no, you've got, men have to restrict themselves. I say, carry a knife, Um, you know, just, you know, carry it, because I don't know a single bloke who has any sympathy for a you know guy who tries it on and then gets stabbed by a lady who told him no several times i've had that conversation with guys no seriously i've had that conversation with blows. it's like and with women it's like we guys don't have any sympathy for men who put their hands on you they just don't um not the ones that i know I, some some guys are monsters and that's true but none of my circle so yeah just summon your courage remember your own strength Carry a weapon if necessary. Stick your stick your fingers in his eyes. That usually works. Like that, and just you know, no one cares. Um, and uh, yeah, just just be stronger. Um, that's that's.
5: Yeah. Well, I think it's also important to note that if you do witness something, you can file an anonymous police report. Like you can do things without your name being stuck to things. And I think that the Me Too movement kind of bringing it back to you know social media itself. It gives this feeling, right? that you can post on social media this happened and it's almost like giving a police report you've admitted it and it feels good and it gets it off your chest but unfortunately it doesn't actually do anything to get that person the help that they need or off the streets or anything like that and i think that i know we've been talking about weinstein a lot and i think that that's like a little bit older but in more recent news stuff like um james charles he has been found to have sent pictures to underage kids at least 17 of them have come out now and all of this stuff is happening on social media and there's not one police report about this man that has all of this proof that he's preying on on little boys Mm -hmm. he's preying on 16 year old boys and these boys are, are tweeting this out and putting this out there and they're getting their story out but he's not getting held accountable for any of this
0: the,
4: there's also another problem, Arena. Sorry for, if I'm going to jump on that point. Because James Charles, oh, if I, we're thinking about the YouTuber who does makeup tutorials, that, yeah. that is what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah um, cool. because James Charles is also a very uh, a member of the uh Team Rainbow, the LGBT community, it's it's kind of he's kind of almost protected in a weird way. Um he doesn't get quite the same flack. Do you remember when Kevin Spacey was accused by Anthony Bujamflip? Yeah. Kevin Mm -hmm. Spacey, he completely balls up his apology because he came out as gay in the same letter. And the LGBT, the Rainbow Mafia, came down on that and said, no, 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 you don't. We know exactly what you're doing. You've denied your sexuality for years. You're now. You're now. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, he said, you. Do, you basically, the rumours about his sexuality have been around for years, you've been yeah. accused by a guy of, of sexually assaulting him when he was underage, because the age of consent in America is 18, isn't it, it's not 16 as it is in the UK, so this guy was like 17 and you put your hands on him, now you're telling the world that he's, you're gay, you're not going to, you haven't supported the gay rights movement at all, and now you're trying to take some of the, the, the credos, and they, they binned him. Uh, but James Charles, because, of course, he is an LGBT activist, I have a sneaking suspicion that that has given him a kind of level of protection in a weird way. You're right. I agree with you, Arena, in the sense that because these kids on social media are posting in the worst way possible, they're not going to the law with their with their stories. It's not going to go forward. But there's almost not the same energy behind it because James Charles is a member of the LGBT community is oppressed by the culture. And so it's weird, It's it, it, it doesn't have the same power, they would argue, as say Harvey Weinstein does. Um, anyway, feel free to jump on that because I realize I'm probably like, offending half the audience just by speaking. Um,
5: That's that. kind of my thing is where I'm like, I cannot sit here and like look at this movement and say, this movement did, like, did good things and, and is really working properly. When I'm now watching, you know, it's years later and there is a man who is directing content towards young, you know, male gay creators and then using that platform to now do this. And this has been openly brought to the media. The media is all over it and there's still nothing being done about it. Like, I can't see how that would be a plus side.
0: Hmm.
3: Uh, okay uh, yeah I, I don't i don't personally think that the whole kind of like you know the team rainbow kind of like defends uh that much in you know in like every case at a bare minimum um okay um so there was you you know Obviously, growing up in Ireland, everybody knows about Irish history and stuff like that. And a particular portion of Irish history is the fact that there was a lot of abuse going on in the Catholic Church. Now, you know, that was, you know, everything else at like that. But, but OK, so I, why I brought that up was because that was done under, you know, same gender relations. Yeah, it, it, that part didn't even come into it. It was called out because of what it was, which was rape which was, you know, a a power um, imbalance. There was like all of these things that we've talked about in virtually every other case. Um, It it, it doesn't, I don't think it matters to the vast majority of people what your sexual orientation is. If you are, you know, um, guilty of, or, or even likely guilty of some form of, sexual you know assault or harassment etc etc that is enough to get called out and you guys almost kind of proved that in the sense that how much flack is James Charles after getting how much how much backlash is is he after getting not just on social medias but also on on also on um, YouTube how many creators have have covered him and have talked about the story so you know it's the kind of issue that I would kind of see or the you know extra step that I think needs to be done is for all of these people who are going out on social media and are talking about what happened with their experience with James Charles for them to go to the police because if they don't go to the police then I mean like the kind of police can't not necessarily can't but most likely don't act on that sort of thing if they don't have any sort of a report or an account, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to go off of. So rather than going onto social media, or at a bare minimum, as well as going onto social media and telling what what happened and stuff like that, also go to the police. That's what I think the main issue here is. Not about the fact that people are talking about it on uh, social media or about what James Charles's sexual orientation is. I really don't don't think that stuff matters. He was called out equally for it.
5: I agree. I agree totally.
1: I could be
2: wrong about this. Um, I'm not exactly sure because I don't know exactly. uh, I don't know all the information about these victims, Uh, but I do believe that uh, the reason why no police reports were filed and why this is all just like a social media kind of social attack um, is because of the age of consent laws in in California where James Charles lives. Um, I think that that might be a like a competing issue with actually filing a police before, because I think that at least for most of the victims, the victims that I'm aware of, um, they are it's it's not a legal issue because of age of consent laws, which I don't agree with. But unfortunately, there are a lot of states in the United States that have age of
5: consent laws that are as low as 16. I'll be totally honest. I have no idea. It was like a rabbit hole. I went down on YouTube last night or something.
4: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand uh, the, the peculiarities of American consent laws, um, so I don't quite know um, how that would affect the case. I mean, obviously, if he's soliciting attention from... Um, well, if he's sending, like, dick pics and things like that, you know, it's still wrong. But the the point I'm making is that because James Charles is not seen as a masculine aggressor, because he's definitely not masculine, whatever else you say about him, um, he's seen as a lesser threat, even though what he's actually doing is just as repulsive as, say, if I did it or if um, James did it, I'm going to pick on James because he's there and he's been very quiet. Um, There's a kind of... It's a weird... It's not just sexism. It's a kind of... um, uh, not no, not heterophobia. That's not where I'm going with it. But you understand my basic point. It's the idea that because James Charles might be guilty of X, Y, Z, and the other thing, but because he's a gentle character and he's not masculine, not aggressive, not a traditional sort of manly man type, it's not seen as a, such a severe thing, even though clearly it is. Um, so whatever he's getting on YouTube, great. If there is a backlash, fantastic. I have seen a couple of videos on it because I don't, I don't really follow James Charles. So I don't really care that much, but. Um, uh yeah it's not enough it's it's not the 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 response isn't negative enough uh because, my, uh, because and i think it's because of the because of the um the accused
5: my entire point was just like there needs to be another step involved because you can do this but it doesn't change anything and if anything it desensitizes the media to that type of thing. So when police do get involved and things do go to trial, people don't follow it as much because it's just out there all the time, but nothing's ever being done about it. So no one cares.
4: Hmm. Yeah, that's the point. So yeah, YouTube isn't real life, unfortunately. Uh, there's a real world with real meat people in it and uh, they need to be told and something in the real, in the real meat space needs to be done. Um, you know, so. Well.
1: Yeah. You guys are ready for it. We can jump into the Q and A, but not to rush it because this has been a really enjoyable conversation. Like I, these are the, my favorite types, where it's kind of friendly and professional, and rather than a, a crazy dumpster fire. So. Do appreciate that. Want to remind you, folks, our guests are linked in the description. So if you have not already, look down in the description box for their links so that you can hear more where that came from. Well, hey, what are you waiting for? We really do appreciate our guests. We do encourage you to check out their links down below. And so with that, we will indeed jump into the QA. Sounds like you guys are all ready. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Here we go. Thank you very much. From Bubblegum Gun says, make it a bet debate. Winner takes the money. Sam doing it for free. Crowder being a sissy. Jeez. This is actually from the other night, I think. Uh, basically, folks, if you have not heard, we did start a crowd front, a crowd fund for the potential Steven Crowder versus Sam Cedar debate. I still, after numerous calls and emails to Steven Crowder's agent, have not heard back, which is surprising because I told them we've had two successful crowd funds. We're ready to take the next big step. And I've actually been... Hearing back from people who are like, I'm, you know, willing to throw in a lot. Everyone's I don't know favorite if it's going Republican to toddler, huh?
4: Every, everyone's favorite Republican toddler. Um,
1: it could be juicy, but folks, I got to let you know that I already have contacted Indiegogo to ask if they could initiate full refunds. And don't worry, everybody will get their money back. That's guaranteed. Um, but just want to let you know that's how certain I am that there won't actually be a Crowder debate. But Thank you very much, Bubblegum, for that question. Cider and Port says, for real, though, James, only pay Crowder after the debate. Uh, that's yeah, weird. this Thank was definitely much. from the last one. That's this was right. <laughs> the last one, James. Cider yeah, yeah, is yeah. not doing Super <laughs> Chats during this debate. Uh, this one coming in from Stephen Steen says, Stephen went too far taking away sex pigs. Well, nasty guy, Stephen Steen. <laughs> and secular social. I don't
4: understand. Secular... <laughs> I
1: made a point. I made
3: a point in my opening statement, which was like, you know, if all of the leaders of the world come out against, you know, like you can't oh, talk things yeah. anymore.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, are, like we said, we have a, quite he... the range of different people from different walks of life here. Secular socialist <laughs> says, if less than one percent of rape allegations are false, why does it seem too? I think they meant too common, like too, as in too.
4: Well,
1: I actually. Sorry, was that Uh,
5: the way they portray it? There's like, there's a big. People seek that information out. So it seems more common.
3: That is also true. What I was going to say was that, like, media, you know, in print and on news, they run off of, you know, like clicks and on views and stuff like that. And, you know, Look, if this shit was to happen every single day, uh, it's it's not exciting. It's not different. It's not interesting. Uh, If there was a mass shooting in Ireland, for example, it would be on the it would still be on the news five years from now because it never fucking happens here. There is a mass shooting almost every other day in the United States. Not all of them get reported because it's just horrifically common. That's just unfortunately how the news media works. So you know th- these sorts of uh, false rape allegations, because they are being propagated for, uh, you know, or they're they're being pushed and they're being out there so much, it seems like it's horrifically common. But that's just because of how rare they are. That when they do occur, unfortunately, that's why the media um shows it and talks about it because it's rare
4: there's also something else that needs to be when they say only um less than one percent of rape allocation egalition i can't even say it rape allegations are false the, the correct the full statement should be less than one percent of rape allegations are proven false because of course until you actually test the theory you don't know so the but that's conveniently left out as well which I, i mean i'm not suggesting that the number is you know like 50% of rape allegations mm-hmm. are false right i don't i don't have that kind of data to support that that's would be pure non pure uh, speculation but yeah the, that's i i don't like the use of that stat to um, suggest that um in in the debate because the the problem with rape is that it's a very pissed is is a legally protected term you can't go around like for example there are certain american politicians keeping it bland uh, Who have been accused of horrendous sex right? but because they've never been convicted in a court of law, uh, I think you know which one I'm referring to. He used to, you know, sit in the Oval Office. Um, the, you can't go around calling him. Well, okay, fair enough. Uh, you can't go around um, using the R word. You can't because it's the, because they could sue you for libel. So it's the, the idea of less than one percent of rape allegations are for, it's proven false, So I think that's something that needs to um, needs to be added. Sorry, I'm just stumbling now.
1: It's too late in the day. No worries. Everybody feel good on that? If anybody else wants to respond. Mm -hmm. You got it. Next one. Secular Socialist, thanks so much, says Stephen and Kay. How do you respond to the statement, quote unquote, she was asking for it?
2: Punching someone in the
1: face? Uh, That's a Yeah, that's an
3: appropriate (laughs) reaction. I I would kind of just go for more so of a uh, thing of, you know, I personally think that the the like people who use that line more often if we were to group them together and title that group let's just call them virgins um they you know this whole thing of like she was asking for it if a woman is asking for it you'll fucking know and if she's not asking for it then she's literally not asking for it and if she's not literally asking for it then she doesn't want it simple as what, what you' I was know say, if a woman this- is asking you that's the point
4: yeah, I was going to say if she were asking for it, it's not right. I mean, the, the, that—that implies that she's giving consent. <laughs> Thank you. you know, <laughs> think it through, chaps. Um, never mind. Oh God, I must admit, I'd, sometimes I do think the feminists have a point. I do despair at my sex on occasion. Uh, we are we are a loud, hairy, noisy breed that needs to grain it in. The only thing that um the only thing that I would say that builds up well, not no, no, I can't build on that because that statement is just fucking stupid, isn't it? I mean, it's there's no there's no wiggle room there. It's like if you say, well, she was asking for it, no. No, just yeah. Don't worry about it. Just, just... You got if it. If you're
2: using the term, she was asking for it. Have your vocal cords surgically removed and never speak again.
4: Well, no, no. I, I want them to say more stupid things so that we can just you know verbally abuse them because it's entertaining. so you know you have the IQ of a pencil sharpener. Read a book. Do me a
1: favor. Honestly. You got it. And this one coming in from. Do appreciate your. Question, Chris Gammon says, some men are prematurely judged guilty when they are accused of something by a woman. Do you, or but you can't blame women for that, right? Thoughts?
2: No one is saying none. Like, that's not the argument being made here. Like, uh, the the instance of Johnny Depp came up a lot in this conversation. Um, That is where public opinion went horribly wrong. Amber Heard took him to court. It seems to be pretty cut and dry that he had been abusive and uh before all of the information was brought to light um the court of public opinion rendered him guilty and he was he lost he lost a lot his his life was ruined he lost out on a ton of jobs that he had been a part of and um it was awful what they did to him uh, it but it's it's not an argument being made that You know, you can't blame Amber Heard for what she did to him. If you go and look at any of Amber Heard's social media posts and you look at the comments, people are tearing into her for what she Mm. did. She's not getting away with what she did. And it's there are even reports that, you know, now that all of the information has come out that she was actually abusive, she is starting to lose out on uh, and uh acting opportunities the same way that johnny depp did she's you know karma is coming full circle for that woman so nobody is arguing that we cannot blame women for the the pain that men suffer whenever it comes to um false rape acc- false accusations of any kind or um the court of public opinion jumping on something too soon before they have all the information
4: See, I, I would build on that. Um, so, yeah, I agree totally with Kay in that sense, um, that Amber Heard, and I was very pleased to see it because Amber Heard was prepared to ruin a man's life. Any, it doesn't matter if it's Johnny Depp or not, uh, ruining a man's life, presumably for to improve her own profile ultimately and maybe get better jobs and get sympathy from the crowd. Um, so it was good that she came back. However, I think it's because of their celebrity status that um, the that Johnny Depp's bouncing back. There are men who follow me on TikTok and who've posted videos that I've watched where they talk about they've been accused by a woman, they've lost work, they've had to leave town, their their social lives have been completely ruined, et cetera, et cetera. And while they've been found innocent and therefore they have no criminal record, their lives have still been destroyed and they can't get that back. They can't rebuild, they often have to move to town next door or even go to another county um, because they don't tend to be American. So it's, I mean, it's good that Amber Heard is being punished socially for what she did um unfortunately though it's a rare event and or at least i think it's a rare event and there are lots of women who do get away with it with, with absolutely no repercussions nobody you know they do, do women let's ask Kay and arena really um do women lose their circle of friends if they make such accusations to against no, guys no. that have proven innocent no no i
5: don't
4: i, don't know. Know. Uh, I mean i, say, no, I, I don't I wouldn't know
5: And I, like, because I think that there's more of a support system there. And, like, I wanted to bounce off of that and say that I think that all false accusations of sexual assault, like, should be tried, if not, like, as bad as actual sexual assault. You can ruin someone's life that way. And if you're prepared (laughs) to lie, like, if you are not willing to go into a courtroom and, like, claim that, like, honestly on, you know, in front of a judge that this happened, you shouldn't be trying to ruin someone's life that way.
4: Hmm. I'm sorry, I I, I would know, I have to take your word for it. I follow
5: a lot of like news sources um, that are like, I guess smaller and I do see a lot of it. Like I see a lot of stuff that happens where women falsely accuse men of sexual assault. And then after the trials and after they've gone through things have said, you know, I've lied. And it nothing happens to them. They don't get punished. But a lot of times that person went to jail. That person dealt with those repercussions. They're still, you know, a sex offender.
1: Thank you it very much. Thank you very much. We'll only just because I didn't want to interrupt those that's why I said it with uh <laughs> dot 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 the ellipsis. Next, secular socialist thank you very much for your question as well. Said what is each debater's most unpopular opinion?
4: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I come from Tory TikTok, so most of my opinions are revolting to <laughs> most of the people watching. You
5: know.
4: um, um, yeah, I mean, oh my
3: God, I have so many. What's my most unpopular opinion? Well, you are a mad Irish um, socialist, Stephen, so you know there's going to be this. Yeah, so. That's true. That's true. Circle back to me. Circle back to me. Oh, I genuinely
5: believe Avril Levine died in
3: 2003. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? yeah, there's this no. whole controversy about Avril Lavigne. It's no, a rabbit no, hole. No, we'll, no, we'll no, please elaborate. No, this show, I I mean, it's sounds nonsense, like, this That is, absolutely that is
2: not an insane conspiracy theory. If you look at the pictures. On TikTok yeah, and everything. You know,
5: it's <laughs> Melissa.
2: It, it, like, honestly, like if you look was, at the pictures of her devil back in the early yeah, 2000s yeah. and pictures of, supposedly Avril Lavigne now it is not an insane conspiracy to believe the that she's not it's like, it's
4: like
5: she killed herself and right. they let her body double continue as her to continue the popularity in her line
4: but she but the, the body doubles like a twin then yeah,
5: I, I don't like she just it's I'm another to look this, up. this <laughs> is
4: brilliant it's <laughs> going down the rabbit hole now
5: I'm just telling you guys like Avril Lavigne died in 2003 that's all I got
4: 2003 okay okay no no okay i will look that up I, it's a bit like um, the, the think... rumor that paul mccartney died before the beatles got famous <laughs> and so they replaced him at the last minute and the, the paul mccartney that we know isn't actually paul mccartney um but uh yeah no okay i'm gonna look that one up that sounds brilliant yeah.
3: i think my most unpopular opinion is uh so everybody remembers a couple of years ago when caitlin jenner came out as caitlin jenner and mm-hmm. there was so many people in like magazines and on news stations and stuff like that that was like, oh my god, she's gorgeous. No, she's fucking not. She's one of the ugliest women alive. But 100% a woman, 100% a woman, 100% like that. that I'm, I, you know, I'm like totally on board with that. But she's, yeah, ugly. So that's my most uh, probably my most un-
4: unpopular opinion. I don't know. Um, I don't. I've got. I've got so many. I've got so many, Stephen. Uh, you know. Stephen, you've, we've obviously had many conversations on your channel. Can you think of the one that offended you the most? What, what one of my opinions offended, bothered you the most? Do you remember? I mean, there are
3: many. Well, no, because I wouldn't really kind of say that it offended me. Like I uh, disagreed with it, but uh, yeah. Oh, it come on, Stephen! Uh, don't cop out at the last minute.
1: Come I on! Can't so, so off so off of my I can't think off the
3: top of my head. Can't think off the top of my head.
1: You got it. Anybody else? Any last juicy ones? No.
2: I I have too many unpopular opinions to narrow it down. Oh,
4: go on, Kay. Give us one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because I, pretty much every opinion that I've ever put out, I get backlash from one way or the other, being with my political and social opinions, I very much like. I have right leaning opinions. I have left leaning opinions. No matter what I say, someone is upset.
4: So, you, so you're a free thinking centrist then, like like most like most sane grounded people. Okay. <laughs> fair. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've got the same problem. It's like it doesn't matter what you say, especially on the internet. You're going to offend. A group of people it's usually a small group but it's gonna you're gonna offend a group of people anyway so okay
2: okay here here it is because i get i get flack for this from both the left and the right my most unpopular opinion would have to be that organized religion has actually done more harm historically than good
4: oh all right okay i agree with that okay it's kind of traditional but i see why that would piss a lot of people off um I kind of sort of agree, don't uh, mm, I? Mean, yeah, I
1: mm, need to, mm, yeah, not
4: mm, juicy. Yeah, <laughs> I, know where Stephen come, I know where Stephen comes down on this because you know, Stephen being Irish, um, has a sort of a, a, a rocky history with mm. the church. Um, yeah, but we'll
1: we'll jump into the next one. Secular socialist also asked, Oh, actually, Stitches, sorry, I missed yours. They said, James. Staring at the screen here you go james you sexy beast appreciate your super chat support and michael a says can k define what she means by radical feminist when i hear that term i think of turfs which i agree are bad but just for clarity
2: well i would agree that turfs suck fuck turfs um but i don't think of turfs as particularly radical Simply because I think that a lot of TERFs are really just, uh, they have like a more conservative viewpoint whenever it comes to trans people, and they just discriminate particularly against trans women. Um, so I don't look at them as radical fem like feminists. Um, whenever I talk about radical feminists, I mean uh, more like they've just gone completely off the rails. They absolutely hate men. They think that all things that are masculine are toxic and they need to be eradicated from the earth. These are the women that are constantly talking about how science has uh, figured out a way for women to reproduce without the help of man through bone marrow and then only reproduce women. So we don't need men anymore. Therefore, we should just kill all men. Um, that's, what I, <laughs> that's what I think of. Like, that's what I'm talking about whenever I talk about radical feminists. They've gone so far, What like what, Americans we consider so far left that they've actually fallen off the political compass map. They're just insane.
4: Yeah. i um, I mean picking up on that, Kay, if I may be bold enough to mansplain, um to use that like, disgusting <laughs> verb. Um I, 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 uh, no, um, the, the thing about radical radical means doesn't mean extreme, it means fundamental doesn't it? They want to completely change society from the ground up and if they believe that it's utterly masculine it's male dominated, it's patriarchal that it's all got to come crashing down so the reason radical feminists are just as ridiculous like radical Muslims, radical um, religionists of all kinds radical Republicans, right? they're just extremists They do, there's uh, what is it Winston Churchill said? A fanatic is someone who can't change their mind and won't change the subject and that's pretty much why radical feminists suck um, because they're just you can't talk to them, you can't converse with them, it's their way or the highway. So, yeah, sorry, Fine. that's it.
1: Fine. Next one, we'll jump into it. Appreciate your question. I missed it. Secular socialist also asked Stephen, What's the most offensive joke you've written but never told? Ooh,
3: do it.
2: Fill that do tea oh, That's
3: it's such a bad question to ask do me. It. Like this is like you're literally asking the same person who is arguing on behalf of the Me Too movement, who unironically <laughs> made a fucking Or Kelly joke in my opening. Like this
4: Oh like, my god. Oh I was my god. <laughs> it was a good it was a good Or Kelly joke, <laughs> although I
5: disagree. Absolutely. I, I just want to make that a point. Like I was like, that's so, false. I would do
3: that. <laughs> okay, so I know what my most offensive joke that, that I've written but never told is. And the last time that I was asked to tell a joke on James's channel. James, your reaction is fucking stunning. It was just like that, but it was the most milk toast like minor joke that I've ever told. Okay, oh my god, the most offensive joke that I've ever written, but not told on stage. It's a little bit of a copper because it is a conversation that I had so a couple of years ago. A friend of mine told me that she was pregnant and I told her, you know, I was like, wow, you know, I'm actually a little bit surprised by that. And she said, why are you surprised? And I said, because I have I have previously analogized your vagina to the Gaza Strip. Now, she's not that into politics, so she asked me what I meant by that. And I said, well, because the Gaza Strip is an area of land which has been so brutally pummeled that no child could ever hope to crawl out alive.
0: (laughs)
1: Next up, thank you very much for your question. This one coming from, um, let's see.
4: See, I'm Bubble. laughing. I've got an Israeli flag hanging on the wall behind me, but I'm still thinking that was funny.
1: Bubblegum Guns. Americans aren't ready. Uh, Bubblegum gun says, we cannot talk about hashtag MeToo without bringing up the very real probability our government is running a pedo cult. McAfee and Epstein were killed.
5: They didn't kill themselves.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm thoroughly convinced. I mean, I know it's a conspiracy theory. I'm going to hop on the conspiracy theory bandwagon. Um, the American government is absolutely chocked full of pedos. Oh, I, I like, oh, absolutely.
4: Yeah, the, the British Parliament, British Parliament as well. Um, there's, there's the tourists. I mean, I don't believe Jeffrey Epstein killed himself either. Um, I, I don't. I, it' very, very suspicious. The whole thing's murky. I also love the fact how it became a meme and then disappeared, and now no mainstream news news outlets talking about it anymore. Um, yeah. So uh, the British government definitely. I mean, uh, people like you. Have you, have you guys, have the Americans heard the name Jimmy Savile? Do do you know who Jimmy mm. Savile was? I don't. <clears throat> no. Um you you don't really want to. He's probably the most revolting looking man you've ever seen in your life. Um imagine the stereotypical uh, oh, you know the creepy neighbor in Family Guy who fancies Chris. Yeah? Yeah. Imagine a British version of that in a sweats in a tracksuit, in a, in a jogging outlet. That's okay. so that's, true. That's true. It's, but the thing is, he was on telly for decades, like forty odd years. That guy was on British Daily, going there, Now and then, now and then, with his cigars, and it, he's utterly repulsive. Well, i he, he molested like 450 <laughs> kids. Um, like it was, it was the big, it's the biggest sex scandal in British history. Yeah. but oh, he was protected God. because he was um, he had the he went round. Um, he spent Christmas once with Margaret Thatcher. Um, he had the ear of the Prince of Wales um, and everything else. And so I, I reckon that there must be, within the British establishment, a circle of offenders, not necessarily is pedophiles, there, just random is rapists. is
5: with Prince Harry? Say again? Isn't there ties with Epstein and Prince Harry?
4: I, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, it's Prince Harry, so I wouldn't be surprised.
3: So,
5: yeah. Wasn't I'm, there, like... Sure. A
3: GCSE question in England a couple of years ago about Gary Glitter, that there was like a, during like the music exam, I think it was, which look, so obviously that just horrible, but I mean, if like, but for so many angles, because if there is ever somebody that you don't want to associate the phrase, Shh, turn over, you have an hour, it's, you know, it's not... It's
4: not the best type of
3: yeah. It was. It was. That be, was, weird. That guy, was weird. Yeah. No,
4: actually, Gary, I don't. Uh, cause cause you're a nonce uh, So the Americans that do you know? You don't know who Gary Glitter is, do you? Gary Glitter. Does that name mean it? Ring any bells? No. No. Uh, see, British pop culture doesn't get that far. Drowned. <laughs> somewhere, it it drowns somewhere in the North Atlantic. Um.
2: I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We should hunt pedophiles for sport.
4: Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. That sounds fun. Um Eat the
2: animals. Kill the pedos.
4: <laughs> so I, I propose there's an alternative to fox hunting uh, in the UK that we just we hunt monsters we just get the, get the dogs out' yeah. is, right, I'm so curious
1: down. Kendon or actually or Stephen maybe uh given that you're both from across the pond from us Americans because it is a popular conspiracy theory it sounds like I mean do you think it's as do you think that the beliefs and rumors are as pervasive and comprehensive in your countries regarding your leaders? in terms of them being pedos or do you think that is it do, is there like a serious like thought that there are a lot of high level government official other people who Absolutely. are high level socio you could say s-e-s-wise that are pedos
3: well i mean my country's government was wrong by the catholic church for decades so i mean <laughs> literally yes but uh <laughs> i will late the rest of that over the weekend,
4: yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, British people, I mean, obviously Ireland, totally different country, they've made that position clear um, but <laughs> over the centuries. Um, but no, in Britain, uh, we don't have the same rumour floating around. Um, we because we're so cynical and jaded because we're British and therefore we crave disappointment. Um, we we just expect our leaders to be bent in some respect, like they're crook, they're all like embezzlers or um, sex offenders. Yeah, possibly. So when Jeremy Savile came out and people noticed that with the connections that he had, I, I think people just got. People have become demoralised more than anything else. It doesn't float around the internet. It's not there was a massive culture shift in the BBC because obviously Jimmy Savile got away with a lot of stuff, a lot of horrible crimes on BBC property, but it's not quite as loud as it is in America. I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe any British people in the comments feel free to you know correct
1: me. But uh, that's fascinating, um. and we'll maybe come back to that. But this last question. Thank you very much. This one coming from. Captain IV said or Captain V says question for all, are they talking about celebs or the everyday person? And if it's everyday, if this is regarding our original topic for the debate, said any stats to back up claims that normies are being affected.
4: It's a bit of a broad question though, affected in what way? Agree. Are yeah, so, so, yeah, normies being affected by, by what? The Me Too movement? Backlash from the Me Too movement? The negative side of the Me Too movement? It's a bit bit's a bit I'm not sure I could answer that intelligently. What Steven, have you got have you got have you noticed something that I've missed? Um
3: Yeah, I, I would I, w- I would just kind of say like I yeah, just kinda echo what Ken said. It w- unfortunately wasn't kind of specific yeah. enough. Well, um, I think that maybe
5: like if the only way that I can interpret it. Is that like, are, how do normal people like use the Me Too movement to get their story out? Because a lot of this stuff happens with celebrities, and you know they're encouraging other people to speak out. And it's just you know, like if it's just you or me, people aren't gonna you know blow it up, and media is not gonna blow it up. And I think that that's where it comes into that needs to be that extra step. If if celebrities are gonna use this movement to make to to do this, or people who have a higher status, then they need to say. You know, if you have this problem, then you should reach out to your local police station because the only way that you're going to actually get results as like a normal person with no real, you know, um, social media following, you're going to have to go to, to, to somebody that's going to be able to help
4: you. I suppose um, there is some truth in that, that the only the celebrity stories get noticed, whereas, you know but Billy Bob six pack doesn't get nearly enough press attention. So maybe that's true. I'll be on that to that extent, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure the B2 movement does benefit common people as much as it should.
1: You got it. And yeah. with that, we do want to remind you folks, our guests are linked in the description. We want to respect their time as they've already been with us for about two hours. We really do appreciate them. So folks, if you haven't checked out their links, why not? You can hear plenty more where all of this came from. And so I want to say Huge thank you to Stephen K, Kendon, and Arena. We really do appreciate you. Thank,
3: thank you, you so much, having, James.
1: Thank you for having me.
4: I'm sorry that I fell asleep on Wednesday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no problem. <laughs> if it
5: wasn't you, it would have been me, yeah. to be honest.
1: Also, a little bit of a teaser, folks. Kendon has asked to debate a popular debater that appears on Modern Day Debate. Uh, well, maybe not asked. You had said that you were. People had suggested it to you so many times that you were like, "Well, I guess maybe I should." You know, if I should. So, you guys believe me. If this one happens, which I, I think odds are good it will, you don't want to miss it. So, I, a little teaser. I will tell you the topic might be critical race theory. We don't know for sure, but just want to mention that. I like you know. It's like the end of like you know the post credit scene in Marvel, where you give like a little teaser and like. It's, Anyway, we'll be right back in a moment with a true post-credit scene where I'll let you know about upcoming debates, folks. Thanks so much, and stick around. I will be back in just a moment. And one last thank you to our guests.